Welcome to the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City Zoomcast, reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. This is our Halloween-spirited Powered by Age podcast. I'm Charlotte Farrell, the coordinator, host, but I'm we're going to be facilitated today by the lovely Robin, who is bringing a special program of remembering things in the Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving, in, in the Halloween spirit. So uh, what we usually do is have each person introduce themselves. So don't talk about what you are doing in the reflection. Just do your brief introduction, and then Robin will facilitate this, this special program. So start with uh, Judith. Hi, everyone. Uh, good to see you again. <laughs> Judith Rainey here from 411 Senior Center and also the South Granville Senior Center and member of podcast. Welcome. Leslie? Yeah, Leslie Hebert from New Westminster. I'm a teacher and a writer currently working on a memoir of a wonderful vacation I took in Japan a few years ago. Neil? Yeah, well, um, I'm Neil Ryan. I'm a writer and there's my book. There's my book. Uh, from the other side, and I just sent the revisions last night to the printer to get the next version of the book because I've added some poetry to it, and and uh, and um, so we're ready, set, go for the next version of From the Other Side, <clears throat> and uh, I have at. At request, I've been requested to add a little bit of something to today's program, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Chris? Uh, I'm Chris, and uh, I live in uh, East Van, and I participate in Britannia Senior Center, and I am a member of Corky, the Queer Imaging and Writing Collective for Elders. I'm pretending to be a writer. Hmm. <laughs> I think you're succeeding. Uh, Gail? <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, can everybody hear me uh, properly? Yes. Yep. Oh, fabulous. Uh, I'm Gail Harwood. I also am a writer and a teacher, and I still do uh, the teaching part of my profession on a slower scale. Um, I've been around, so I'm not going to say too much about that. I'm a member of 411 Seniors and a member of this podcast. Welcome. And now, Robin. Yeah, I'm Robin. I have been one of the mentors on the on the podcast. I'm a community radio maker, an arts facilitator, and am going to introduce our theme for for the day so in thinking about halloween and you know some of the disappointment that people have about not being able to 
to dress up and um, transform themselves into into some other character. Uh, I, I got to thinking about the, the characters that we already get to play in our lives and the characters that we have played in our lives. And uh, I had done an exercise myself a few weeks back, which I will share uh, some of what I came up with um, in this. But I thought, you know, it's particularly salient as we age um, the amount of different hats that we wear. And so it's, it's <coughs> lovely that we all are, are wearing different hats today because it becomes an almost example of the, the different uh, roles and responsibilities and characters that we've played in our lives, uh, whether that's through relationship or whether that's through um, different jobs that we've held, different positions that we've been in. And so that's, that's the topic today, uh, which, of course, is going to take a different sort of leaning, depending on how we understand what that means to us. So I want to share, uh, just to sort of break the gates open, uh, so to speak, this exercise that I did uh, with myself um, uh, a few weeks ago, and what I did is uh, make make a list of all of the socioeconomic labels that I have been named as, or that I can kind of take responsibility for. Um, and this is by no means uh, an exhaustive list. Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, I can add <laughs> more things to that. So I'm just going to read it off. Daughter, motherless daughter, sister, friend, lover, wife, sexual assault survivor, cheat, deviant, pot smoker, social drinker, party girl, radio maker, producer, Festival producer, host, curator, tastemaker, changemaker, master of education, arts facilitator, birth doula, end of life doula, community builder, community weaver, mentor, props mistress, costume mistress, director, theater tech, artist, woodchucker, delivery driver, blue collar laborer, architectural draftsperson, front desk clerk receptionist, Sales clerk, vice president, equity officer, arts administrator, program director, walker, woman, pet owner, apartment dweller, peer, colleague, collaborator, feminist, hippie, communist, leftist, and the list goes on. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Then you're not and amazing. So, that, that 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 actually needs applause. <laughs> you, you, you survived all of those experiences, and there's still a brilliant person. What it what it revealed to me were were two things. Um, one is that you know chances are by looking at me. You wouldn't guess that I have been all of those things. Um, and, and the other thing, 
Well, and, and how that sort of reveals, um, you know, what we can know about someone just, you know, from the facade. And two, that our, the experience that we, that we have and that we hold is so diverse and so rich and can connect in so many different ways to so many different things and so many different people. Um, and it's really quite miraculous. So I'm, I'm curious to know how your own identities and the roles and responsibilities and um, masks, personas that you've, that you've played, um, how you've been able to lean into them, um, what you've learned from them, how you've incorporated them into your lives, um, which you wear easily and which you don't wear that easily. Um, yeah. I know that... Uh, that, you know, Charlotte, for instance, you, you have a lot of hats that you've worn and that you do wear, you know, you're a, you're a, a, a film graduate, you're a mother, you're a grandmother, you're a, you're a sister, you're a podcast creator. <laughs> what I'm saying now is I'm six degrees south or north of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and my one of the things that I, I haven't been for a while is crafty so uh, I when you talked about remembering things I have uh, these masks and I have them over a little dish of things that I have remembrances from my mother but everybody in my mother's family my mother my aunt cozy aunt Lena grandma they all crocheted and my mother is a perfectionist, so both were teaching me how to sew and that crochet didn't work out so well, but my aunt did. And so during COVID, I've had to sit and, you know, like be still. I'm not a still person. I, I like moving around. So I, uh, I have a cousin who had a surgery. And instead of taking the pain medicine, he wanted to talk to me. And I would be typing a stuff, and he would say, can't you just sit still and talk? So I crocheted this hat. So this is a very big hat. I'm also not good at following directions. I followed the directions for a little while, and then I improvised. So I have a hat that can be like a character that I like, the, the woman from um, uh, The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. And also, there are people in Star Trek, and so this this hat is reminds me of my aunts and my role and my attempts to learn how to do creative things with my hands beside writing. And um, yeah, I've 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 negotiated a, a, a lot of roles and learning now um, just how to produce from home, how to produce and how to use audio. My nemesis was audio. Working with the radio station and working with this podcast program has forced me to have to do some editing. So I have become one. Now my, my new hat is being at one with the waveform and sailing, picturing it as something to sail through as I nip and tuck. Cool. Thank you. Um, the thing that popped out to me there in, in what you said was um, innovation 
and how innovation is one of the ways that we shift and change. And um, and I'm wondering if uh, if Leslie, you want to comment on how maybe innovation has played out in in how how the different hats that you might wear have come a, come into play. Um, it seems to me that innovation is something that I've come into um, as I've aged, right? Um, excuse me, my hat isn't sitting very comfortably, which is kind of symbolic. There we are. Um, <laughs> so um, I got involved in The Artist's Way, which is a, a, it's a book and a, uh, a group that's um, it aims at releasing creativity, right? And a lot of that creativity I found had been choked over the years with sort of, you know, being a wife and a mother and uh, an office worker and, you know, just fulfilling all those expected roles rather than roles that I felt were sort of sitting inside me waiting to be born. And... Um, it's been a very freeing kind of process, like, you know, go with the creative urge, right? Um, and the urge to, you know, if you fancy doing something, just go ahead and do it, right? Which is years ago, I never would have done that. So, yes, um, I found I've been, I've become a lot more innovative as I've, um, I guess, become older and freer and I have fewer time constraints, you know, with work and family, uh, and just the time to do what I want to do rather than what I have to do. So, yeah, that uh, time, you know, to have the time to innovate can be very freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love that you made a distinction, too, about, you know, the the expectation of roles that we mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. have in terms of, you know, there's there's no negotiating about motherhood or parenthood. You're, you know, that's something that you you step up to do regardless of how you kind of feel about it. Um, but that there are also these places where passion can can arise. You know, and 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 where do we find time for those roles? Um, because they're very different and and the things that drive us um and motivate us to 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 wear those hats are different Mm -hmm. um but even now the idea of time you know i have so many things that i want to do and i still have to prioritize what actually can i do so you know we still have to make choices as to what what we're going to focus on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah do you have a do you have a way of of doing that of prioritizing which hat you get to wear today? I don't have a theory. No, <laughs> there's no pet answer to that. I don't think. Um, just I have you know I'm a great list writer, and sometimes you know I sort of. The night before, I think about what's going to be my priority for the next day. And so when I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing that I attack, right? Um, And some things just go by the wayside. And if they go by the wayside, I figure, well, hey, they weren't that important today. (laughs) 
Yeah, you'll you'll notice from my list that I wrote out, list writer did not make my list. I uh, that's not <laughs> one of the hats that I wear uh, at all. Um, and so my you know part of me has has great list making envy because uh, I, I think it would help me in my life sometimes. Oh, b- being that organized scares the hell out of me. <laughs> how, could, how can you wing it if you've got a... <laughs> got a that's, you know, that's the dichotomy, isn't it? You know, you want the freedom to wing it, but, you know, it's like when you write poetry, you know? There's free verse, and then there's the really traditional structured verse as well, you know, with the rhymes and the feet and, the, you know, the iambic pentameters and everything else. Um, I don't write that kind of poetry, but if I did, um, they say that it, the structure actually gives you freedom as well. I've heard, I like a uh, buzz in there being, uh, um, you know, I'm one of the few people, uh, uh, well, let's put it this way. I specialized in poetry at university. Mo- mm-hmm. Most of what I read was poetry. And there's something in between. Um, the traditional iambic pentameter and uh, trochees and sonnets, and that sprung rhythm that came up that writers were starting to use in the uh, late 19th century, and mm-hmm. Gerard Manley Hopkins um, was one of them, and that's what I fool around that with, actually, um, and the intonement is uh, really interesting stuff. I like intonement. I've played with intonement. <laughs> uh, I have to say, this is my notebook. It's kind of crazy. I filled up three, trying to keep up with things. <laughs> and so I've got one of these that says, Charlotte, my health. Neil has, has inspired me to keep track of my health. So I have one of these that's got my health progress. And then on the flip side, I've got my business health stuff. And then I have these phones going off at different times. And my daughter is threatening to put me out on the yard because... <laughs> so why are the bells? It's like we're in a factory. You have these bells going off every other hour or the other. So. Oh my lord, I don't have that many lists, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one. It's like the priority for tomorrow, right? <laughs> and then things happen during the day too that scupper your best laid plans. Anyway. <laughs> yes. And sometimes you just go with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, I know, Gail, when when you and I talked on the phone this week, um, you had a you had quite a list of of different hats and different leanings and challenges that uh, that you had mentioned to me in terms of characters that you played and uh, and roles that you had had worn. Um, And I encouraged you to think about three that yeah. you felt like you wanted to share with us. Um, do you want to? Do you want to share those? Sure. Well, you know, uh, I went back. And there, there's a distinction between a role that you choose and the role that's thrust on you by society. Um, and uh, going back, you know, it's interesting about um, people in North America, um, especially uh, because we we come from all kinds of different uh, traditions, and uh, the traditions um, are often melded into one person. And so I'm, I'm a very typical example of a European-Canadian. Uh, 
where I've got on my mom's side are is the old English uh, settler and and the Mennonites uh, who've been floating around there for um, a few hundred years in Niagara region and Lancaster County. And then I have my dad's side, which is English and Ukrainian. And um, of all of that mess, everybody, that's the genetics, but culture is stronger than genes, actually. And it's what you're raised to. Uh, a very nice example of that is um, my godchildren. They are, again, typical um, Dutch and Irish and Ukrainian and um, uh, German. <laughs> so they have to choose. You know, you sort of, sort of fall into it, and it's the way you're raised, too. Um, and it's interesting. My goddaughter, Juliet, she was about six or seven, and uh, we were at uh, the grandma's house, uh, uh, Heather's mother's house. And um, uh, we were going out, and there was this uh, beautiful little um, castle lit up by lights. And she said, Mommy, Mommy, I see the fairies. And then Nana said, Ah, she's Irish. <laughs> and so when I grew up, uh, even though I have an English last name and um, it's sort of the uh, mythos of my family, um, Harwood is, is the English last name. And I toyed with the um, idea of changing my last name to Tosakshanka, which is the proper name, because I know my family history speaks of how your names are stolen from you. My grandmother wasn't allowed to go to school, uh, public school, unless she changed her name from Wasalanka to Jean. And that was very typical 100 years ago. This is going back 100 years. And this is the way um, the elites uh, played uh, the tune in this country. Um, and so um, my uh, grandfather, Albert Harwood, had the temerity to fall in love with this lovely Ukrainian woman, Wasilanka Kosachenko. And uh, he was uh, summarily disowned from his family. He said, that's fine. So he went and moved in with my grandmother's people. And so that's why I... Um, retain the name we all do my brothers and i do because of that story um but uh, we were all and so uh, unfortunately albert died when my dad was a baby and so she married a, a ukrainian man yvon saltas uh who i knew as my grandfather um and so uh he, he was a great guy just a wonderful man and um you know ukrainian was spoken in the house uh, we observed all the traditions um uh, I'm, I can hear, you know, it's sort of in my, in my, in my genes that I can actually understand, um, some, uh, Russian or Ukrainian, um, but dad, of course, wanting to be, um, uh, Canadian and fit in, you know, didn't ship us off to Ukrainian school. I wish he did, but anyway, I spent summers with my grandparents, but that was very much, uh, in, um, informative that, that that was uh, really a, a growth uh, thing for me uh, because there was my uncle Bill Vasilya, um and he was a, a communist realtor <laughs> and he um, uh, he would get stuff from the Soviet embassy and I got my first uh, copy of the um, communist manifesto from my dear old uncle Bill and and <laughs> that was re really cool he would he politicized me I love it and he and my dad would have these political fights. It was just hilarious. And so politics was very much uh, a part of the household. And Bubba just walked out. She said, forget this. <laughs> but I sat there and I listened because I found it absolutely interesting. 
And so that's so in that regard, I was um, a daughter and a granddaughter. I was a farm worker and I was uh, a salesperson because uh, my kid brother and I, Reggie, we uh, we would go with my grandfather and uh, we load the truck up with the surplus and we'd go and sell it on the market or go house to house downtown St. Catharines. And um, uh, I started doing this when I was around seven when my, my math was good enough to do it. And it was awesome. And um, so I always had that little business uh, um, tinge to me, but I never recognized it until um, uh, later on in life. Uh, so that, that, that's a nice thing. And so that's my background. And then uh, what I, uh, and again, it's little genes take over, but um, uh, part of my background and why I followed the profession I did uh, was um, I'm a wordsmith. I'm total wordsmith, totally love words, totally love music. And of course, um, the good poetry, the good poetry is what people sing. And and in the old days, um, as you guys probably know, um, people didn't, they told stories and they also told stories through verse because you can remember it a lot better. So I always um, uh, deplored the uh, lack of um, having people memorize poetry and recite poetry in a beautiful and passionate way. And my dad used to um, uh, recite um, uh, Robert Service poetry. A bunch of the boys were whooping it up in the Malamute Saloon, that one. <laughs> um, and my grandfather, my mom's dad, um, was another reciter of poetry. So I grew up with that. And I, too, recite poetry, uh, mostly um, in the musical kind. Uh, and uh, I, I remember um, in, in uh, class one time, I, uh, I said, well, try to um, show the students the difference between the phrase and the clause. And then, down by the river, I shot my baby. Well, anyway, so who, who, uh, um, so who did what to what? Oh, somebody got shot. Good. And where? The river. Okay. So then you get the action, then you get the description, right? <laughs> um, but the hats that I wore when I was a, a young person, uh, I was a factory chick. Um, I was a strawberry picker. Uh, I was a babysitter. Uh, I worked for the school board for one summer. Um, I was a university student. Um, I was a journalism student. I worked on, a, I had an internship uh, up in Barrie, Ontario for the examiner. And then I became a teacher. And um, I became a teacher um, uh, in, I started off in Nigeria for a couple of years. Um, and and I, I became the traveler. I, I wanted to see everything and uh, uh, traveled all over the place, up and um, along the West African coast and then up into the Sahara Desert. Um, and that's lots of stories about that. Um, and I don't have eight minutes here to uh, tell you. <laughs> I'm just remembering one, one, uh, one morning I woke up in a village uh, in the middle of Burkina Faso, in the middle of the desert. And, and um, well, anyway, uh, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. Let's put it that way. Um, and then there was another one where uh, all I wanted to do was go to the washroom at a game park in uh, Botswana. And, and um, there's this bull elephant who decided to visit me while I was on my way uh, to, the, uh, <laughs> um, to the latrine. Um, and that's another story which I really should write. It, it, it's hilarious. It's funny. So 
so there I was as an adventurer. I also went to Britain, um, and uh, I was in England and Ireland, and I was in uh, Northern Ireland at the uh, height of the Troubles, and that was pretty crazy. Uh, I remember um, running with my friend uh, um, Charlotte, another Charlotte, uh, and we were running for our lives down Albert Street over the Albert Street Bridge because um, she was from the Catholic side, but she had the temerity to um, uh, have her um, gynecologist over on the Protestant side. So we're coming back to the Catholic side, and these very smart lads thought uh, um, we, we, we were um, prods. Gail, uh, answer me one question. How good is your Ukrainian? Do you still remember? A little bit. Um, mm, yesterday, just a little bit. Just a tiny, tiny bit. That's... Um, but there's words that, that, that pop up in my brain. Um, and it's the words that we use in our family. Um, but it's... Oh, I see. So you, you've actually learned it. Um, um, well, it's just one of the languages that I learned along the way. Um, oh, yeah. I'm actually English-English background, but uh, I have an ear for sound. So yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty... Well, and it's one of the things that I pulled out from what you were saying, Gail, um, that I thought was really interesting, um, you know, how you brought cultural identity and the cultural roles and the cultural hats that we that we oh, play yeah, in definitely. our lives. Because, Absolutely. you know, those, those are also part of the expected roles that we play, especially in our families and in yeah. our in our communities, extended communities, but yeah. also that can draw these very political lines sometimes, um, you know, in terms of where it is that we find belonging or not, as you, uh, as you mentioned in, in, you know, your dad marrying this, this woman and same thing happened in my family. And I'm sure that that's, or your grandfather, yeah. And, uh, you know, same thing. We could probably uh, find a lot of how that works in, in, your own in families, yeah. all Absolutely. of our lineages. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, so, I just wanted to uh, um, mention. Oh, sorry. Did you yeah. have something to Robin? Well, I, I just thought um, that in terms of uh, political identity, um, it, you know, Chris from the, the LGBTQ community uh, might have a couple of things to say about that, um, wow. or otherwise. Well, Not I that I want to put you on the spot, Chris. Yet. Maybe you want to talk about other things, but yeah, I was I was getting there. Yeah, oh, you 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 um uh, <laughs> you. Uh, so I just want to make what I was was I what I was going to get into. So um, definitely, I would call myself. Um, a proponent of the second wave of feminism and the fourth wave of feminism. And the second wave was uh, 19... Ah, yeah. Uh, I see the nun. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I just want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to speak also, Gail. Yeah, okay, uh, all right, okay. So that's... I just the time. I, well, I can, I can just close that up. Um, because certainly, uh, I didn't even mention anything about teaching, but you heard all about that, so you don't need to know anymore. Um, but yeah. uh, certainly the... Um, the more inclusive feminine, feminism of today is more to my liking because it never 
it was this white middle class feminism of the 70s, which I didn't relate to because I'm working class. I had no idea about, yeah. about, about these but, things. And, and I was pegged into working class um, roles simply because of how I dressed, how I spoke. And, oh, well, you can't be a professional because, you know, you're, you're a factory <laughs> chick and there's something wrong yeah. with the thing. Well, you know, Chris Gail, the interesting. Us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and this is universal. I did this in um, four countries and uh, the students loved it. And went, yeah. Uh, and, um, if they asked me if I did anything else besides but, teaching for a living, I said, oh, yeah. So I told the story. But so, I think so, that's all right, Chris. Carrying, carrying on a little bit with that. Uh, that working class um, mode. Um, my 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 probably the biggest hat that I've worn in my life is this one. Um, obviously, I don't wear it any longer. Um, <laughs> but but I I grew up in a very Catholic Roman Catholic family, so. You know, I was the daughter, the child, the student, the all of those kinds of things that go along with growing up in a Roman Catholic family in the 50s. And so this is where I ended up. Yeah. And this, let me just see. For um, our for our this, listening people, Chris, do you want to just explain oh, the, the picture? Okay. Yes, of course. Um, so the first picture is a photograph of me at the age of probably 1819 that shows me completely dressed in black and white uh, Roman Catholic nun's outfit. Uh, and I wore that for a number of years. Um, and nowadays, I'm much more comfortable in this kind of attire, which shows me in a shirt and uh, blue jeans and uh, uh, a cup of a cup made of clay, sitting in a Bolivian person's backyard uh, with the, with the um, with the clay bricks behind me. So uh, sorry, I forgot that this is not video. <laughs> um, and so while uh, in terms of the, the po politics of my life, I've certainly gone from a very conservative, um, almost right, right. My dad was a real mixture of both conservative and, and, and not conservative. Um, so I, I think I grew up with that mixture, but I've I've definitely emerged on the non-conservative side of life, um, because in some ways the hat that I wore in terms of that that habit and that uniform after a while didn't fit anymore. Um, one of the things that I recognized was that it totally separated me from other people and from the world. And I, I was a teacher as well, Gail. So I grew up teaching and I taught in Malaysia and Brunei and, uh, and later in, in, and in New York and in a different format in South America. But um, it, 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 it is important to me that that original hat that I wore, even though I've totally left that behind 
there's a part of me that continues on the inside to hold and carry the values and the beliefs that I had back in those days. So, you know, at some point, um, at some point you saw, I wore my feminist hat. Uh, Then then I wore my lesbian hat. Um, And so as I've grown up, as I've grown up um, wearing different hats, they change, but in some ways they also stay the same. Mm -hmm. So somehow they all become integrated in who I am today. And so no matter what hat I wear today, and today I'm wearing my this hat that says I support queer refugees Mm -hmm. is my big passion at the moment. Um, That comes from a long, long tradition of all the hats that I've worn over the many years uh, and bringing me to the point today where this is who I am and this is what I do. So I, I'm no longer that, that uh, Roman Catholic nun, as people used to think of me, but I still am a person of spirituality. Mm-hmm. I still believe in mission. I still believe in, in, unfortunately, in the divisions there are in our society today between uh, the rich and the poor, the North and the South, all yeah. of those things, but they all kind of come together into me, and it doesn't matter in a way what hat I wear at any given time, mm-hmm. because I could ch- I can change my hats, mm-hmm. and I can be any one of those things that I, any one of those things that I think in the moment is the appropriate hat to wear. Right, um, well, I, I really notice that, and and I'm just going to say one sentence. Um, believe it or not, I am a person of a spirituality. And it's a spiritual spirituality of silence and silent practice. And I think I've mentioned that before um, because I am going to go to a Zoom Quaker meeting right after this, um, which I've been a part of for 30 years. So I hear you. I hear I, I totally get it, Chris. Thank you for sharing that. So this this is what this is my pride hat. But this hat belonged to my partner who died um, a few years ago of dementia. And I was her caregiver, but I was a lesbian caregiver in a facility of where 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 people uh, residential care facility. So I was her caregiver, I was her partner, I was her lover, and I I was an out lesbian in that context. So that seemed to me to be the appropriate hat to wear at the time it was her hat and i've taken that hat with me so that there are times when i need to wear that hat with its flashing lights Mm -hmm. to sort of remind myself and other people that we do wear many different hats and the hat we wear depends on how appropriate it is at the time and at the moment that we're living. So I think we all have many hats that we can draw on. And and, uh, and I'm really grateful for having had all those different hats. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't had all of those different hats. You know, I really love. Chris, when you put on the brown hat, 
what I heard was Che Guevara and 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 my trip to Cuba is that that's the rebel that's the rebel hat right there the that's, communist that, rebel that, that's correct my memoir if if it ever gets written is called you have a problem with authority <laughs> I've been told that many many times in my oh, life. Yes. The subtitle <laughs> is no must be kin problem with me. Beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm I uh, I, I love a rule breaker, <laughs> a fighter, a challenger, a shit disturber and short. <laughs> and I come to it after having worn many, many hats. Which is the thing that I loved about what you said, you know, in terms of bringing how we integrate all of those different hats into the the shoes that we stand in now, you know? Um, It's not that we ever leave one behind for for another. Um, They don't swap out that easily, right? They just kind of get layered on top of each other um, into this this great uh, Mad Hatter's (laughs) display. Um, And so, yeah, I I really appreciated that. Thank you. Um, I know that, um, that, Neil, you and I also had a conversation this week that was, um, well, it felt philosophical. Um, And, and I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, what your brain conjured up kind of integrates some of what we've all talked about and, and, uh, what you came up with, and then I want to leave some time to to give Judith the last word. Um, I, I actually wrote a uh, anyway. It's a little short vignette about, and it's called masks. But I want to preface it with a very quick. When I was five and a half years old, and I would be going to kindergarten or, or grade one, whatever, is that we moved into a lumber camp in Northwestern Ontario. And until I was 10 years old, 10 and a half years old, I went to my first day in school. And as a consequence, I was not trained. I mean, I was homeschooled and, but but I remember very little of the government program that I went through because I would do my two hours of school every day and then go play. So I wrote a, a, a little vignette that is called Masks. Pretend you can do it. It can't be that hard. When you're a nobody, it's easier to be anybody. Pretend you can supervise the installation of flooring in a 10-story student residence. Just put on a construction helmet and and, and, and I can do it mask, and away you go. I can do it. I can negotiate a million-dollar cosmetics contract in merry old Portsmouth, England, with barristers and dealmakers, with compliments from London lawyers, 
It can't be that difficult. Just put on a mask. They look like I can do uh, that. Looks like I can do that all the time. Put on a confident mask that says library, please, as you step into the doctor's only elevator at the Toronto General Hospital. If the operator assumes you must be a doctor, you or you wouldn't have nerve enough to be there researching radiation poisoning for a project. They never asked me uh, where, where I got my degree or even if I had one, when they invited me to sit on the review board of the Advanced Systems Institute, I had my high-tech mask on, and how hard can that be? I had the same mask on when Simon Fraser University asked me to sit on a panel reviewing startup business plans, and when, after a few years, I began chairing that panel, I received an invitation from BCIT to lecture on uh, on business plans. I didn't need to wear a mask as they already applied it on for me. When I was asked, could I start a business in China to do some engineering work for a building hospital, for building a hospital in California, or to start a bottled water business in New Zealand, and a different one in Oregon selling to the gangsters in, in Las Vegas. I put on a different con confidence mask and said, of course I can do that. They burned and then burned through a ton of investors' money trying. And when I declined to do chemo, the cancer agency says, you can't do that, you know. I put on my lying mask and said, uh, I know what I'm doing. I'm confident that I can do this and asked, what is there about no that you don't understand? When you don't confine yourself to a cage of I am this or I am that, being anybody gets easier and easier. Pretend you can do it and say, this can't be this, this can't be that difficult, can it? Thank you. Hey, I, I've, I, I've make it till you make it. Make, make it till you make it. You know that's true. And I was doing consulting work for the federal government in Edmonton, and I had he was the first man I went in and gave my new business card that says I've changed my name, first name and last name. And he said, "What's this about?" I said, "Hey, life's an adventure. If you don't push the envelope." He said, good, let's talk about the project that I want you to do for me. So I, I worked with the I done consulting work for both Simon Fraser and uh, UBC and uh, Simon Fraser at the high tech in Surrey. Uh, I worked for, did consulting work for, for the Ontario government, the Alberta government, the BC government. And nobody ever asked me, have you got more than a grade 10 education? Because I would have to say no, if I was being honest. But, hey. That reminds me of a friend of mine who, on his business cards for his business, and he was, you know, a, a fairly powerful contractor building big 
big commercial projects, but he had this string of letters after his name that essentially uh, was an acronym for, uh, you know, high school dropout, never went to university, and, uh, and you know, it really has nothing to do with our our abilities and our capabilities, some of these, these identities that we, that we wear, some of these hats that we wear, um, but that we can be pigeonholed into stereotypes and people's ideas about who we are because of them, right? And that they create a, a certain judgment um, based on what that label is or whatever that hat is that, that we wear that really can have nothing but everything to do with who we are and what we're capable of, of doing. So thank you. My takeaway, just to finish, is when you're a nobody, it's easier to be an anybody. Mm. There is a lot. Yeah, that story really <coughs> struck me about the kinds of things we need to do to break that chain of injustice. Because that's what it is. There's too many people in our society who are ignored, belittled, simply because of the way they look or where they're from. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Judith, you're the, the last one here on the call in your, in your beautiful sun hat, floppy hat <laughs> there, pretending that it's bright outside. <laughs> Well, I'm really, I want to tip my hat to all of you. You're amazing people. You've done so much and you're so accomplished. It's just a really, uh, uh, it's really intimidating. So what, what I've been up to in the last while is trying to get beyond the hats and the mask and, and find my authentic self. And so what I've stumbled on and managed to own is the wounded demon. And so I'm learning how to um, heal that. That's really powerful because I think that that's our, it's our goal in this flesh body you know, in this meat bag that we're given as, as human beings, um, you know, our, our spirit really wants us to, to find our essentialness within this, within this flesh that, that carries us about. And so I love that we're, we're kind of ending off the podcast today talking about identities and and the hats that we wear and the masks that we have worn and that we do wear, thinking about what that, that authentic and genuine self is and looks like and how we incorporate all of these different ways of being and the, the ways that we have been and do continue to be um, shine light in, in our lives and make us who we are. I, I like um, what Judith said about slaying, slaying that that thing. Because if you notice in a lot of stuff, I sign Sister C. And 
I have over life accumulated lots of different titles and different degrees, and you can get really puffed up with these degrees. And once uh, I had an experience, and those that you know talk about spiritual practices, and I had all of these titles, and it's like spirit said, "Well, let's just see what you can do as Sister C." And so I have uh, dropped so many things, which I thought I had an experience of working with some women who, and people who were so mean with the privileges that they got by having different designations. For example, within a church, I had a religious title, and they had a room for people with these titles where they had crystal glasses. And I actually, I squeezed the glass so hard, I broke a crystal glass because I thought, this doesn't fit with what I was raised with, with equality, and why should we have these crystal glasses instead of, you know, the regular things? Why shouldn't everybody have a crystal glass? And so, I've had some fun, you know, just especially in coming to, to Vancouver where nobody knows me to just really see how my path goes as Sister C and see what things that the creativity, the different gifts, because we have a lot of gifts. You called it a meat bag. Our meat bags came <laughs> <laughs> unadulterated and no salt or sugar added that we could <laughs> make as tasty as we like. And so... That is what I am experiencing in this seventh decade of my life, having fun with health stuff that I went to. And that's what I love, too, is a new commercial for CGSF. What I love about the station is being able to not be in a pigeonhole. I can do health one day, do something with jazz another day, talk about BIPOC issues, and not be pigeonholed to say, oh, you should be doing this you should you have all this health training you should be doing health education you're black you should be doing black stories so i really like what each of you said about making the hat whatever you want to put on for that day and reflecting that thing from your livelihood and your heritage and your family that's what you want to reflect for that day and being open to how the people that you interact with uh, share and influence and change and modify your meat bag. <laughs> <laughs> so very zen. That's a very zen thing to say. <laughs> thank you so much, Robin, for bringing out this wonderful discussion. Thank you, everyone, for your contributions. That was so rich and sure we could talk for another hour at least on on everything that uh and and make comments and uh and play off of what everybody said so thank you so much i want to ask each person let you know to please email your mailing address we have something to send you some certificates and other things that have to go through the mail so you can just email it and just put uh you know like your name contact info in the subject line to your email address charlotte yes the pba, PBA. afc at gmail.com <laughs> so next week we we are looking toward uh, ways that we can you know like with how you, you manipulate the backs and fronts of things uh things you might want to demonstrate we have Chef Amanda, who's from time to time will be doing cooking things. But if you have uh, creative arts, if you have 
jokes, as you said, Gail. We are going to be experimenting with some different forms of formatting. And also the two of you that are teachers, we're going to give an opportunity for people who do a workshop or have something that they would like to teach to do a sample with so that people could say, oh, I'd like to do five weeks as a, you know, with that. Because all of the senior centers have been told to kind of prepare for even a, a year of being on this modified um, yeah. admission. Yeah. Uh, 411 up to four people can come, four to six people could come for a small group. So just think about, you know, if you are someone that teaches something, if there's something that you would like to teach, you could send me an email about it. Oh, Judith. Could somebody do a, some, a series on poetry, writing poetry? Oh, my. Ah. I did a, a poetry writing series. That's how I actually started with 411. I did a series on writing yourself happy, writing yourself um, happy. But I can, I, I can inquire if, any, if there's anyone else that would like to do a series on poetry. But with, um, it's yeah. a sample class, so everybody... Yeah. Uh, has an opportunity to propose something that you might want to do a 15 or 20 minute sampler of. Robin is telling you, everyone, thank you. She does I, have I, to I, go I, to... Robin, I don't want you to leave just for one second. I found out the government will not support face-to-face -face anything. So my idea of doing some interviews at seniors, it goes by the wayside because the government won't 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 fund anything to do with that for at least for a year, at least for a year so i'll find another way <laughs> thank you thank you for your input yeah thank you robin so neil what about how how about you teach uh, some poetry how to write poetry how about you gail oh i was thinking of that it depends on my energy levels <laughs> okay <laughs> i went ah and then and then i wanted to do something at meeting uh and, and went, oh, I can do that. And then my friend said, Gail, you're still going <laughs> through treatment. You, you just right. have to calm down. That's what I Gail. <laughs> well, you know, we yeah. have these things for sample classes, but we were also at the beginning talking about a program. The 20th of December will be our last show where we'll be taking right. a break after that. So right. if right. you think of things that would make an interesting show, when you mentioned uh, comedy, I was really curious yeah. of what you might do for comedy, but you know, other yeah. things that people think would be entertaining, uh, you could brainstorm and we could mm -hmm. have, um, yeah. you know, maybe a, whether it's a talent show or a collective, uh, mm -hmm. something like Saturday Night Live, except it will be Thursday at, 12, at 1. Thursday afternoon, uh, <laughs> half dead. <laughs> no, we'll be more alive than ever. <laughs> I knew I'd get a chuckle. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Charlotte, couldn't resist. <laughs> Can I answer Gail's uh, observation about poetry? Is that I I open myself to the emotions that are related to some sort of idea. Like, like I, I love that little poem, the poem I wrote about, uh, 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 it's only a step. Yeah. Um, and in fact, and I, I think if I told you the total story, but I, that poem actually 
saved my life, I think, because I was in a situation with a rockfall that needed to yeah. just focus on one step at a time. So I wrote, I, 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 I spoke the poem as I crossed about a half a kilometer of rock falls and uh, and it was really very I was very concerned and I had also walked five and a half kilometers so I was already uh, tired when I got to it so anyway like a long story is that I allow I allow the emotions to speak and so uh, I can't teach anything about it because it's 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 allowing myself to feel right and then and then that's um, step number one step number two is you put it into some format step number three is this is where the technique comes in um and this is where the knowledge of uh well how do you work a metaphor how do you work this that they come naturally and your metaphors come naturally it's just a matter of uh, where you place it in the poem? How is it? Um, it are you? Um, that's uh, that's the gift. Finishing, are, are are you accomplishing what you want uh, emotionally? No, uh, it's the about word? the gift that I've been given that I that I use words to describe emotions and and yeah. and I've worked at it for for yeah. 70, 75 yeah. years. I've worked at the at uh, at the idea. Of, it's my emotions that write the poetry. Oh yeah, yeah. And and and, 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 and yeah. Yeah, I I've been writing poetry since I oh well yeah it'll be fifty two years uh, I wrote my first poem and people said oh well, it's kind of in sentences but I put rhythm to it I I didn't know quite know how to do um uh the um um say the uh, uh the, the different uh, uh, traditional forms I do now uh, and sometimes it comes out that way sometimes it doesn't so yeah yeah so it, it, it's I, I, guess, I, I guess what's going on is uh, technique and, and understanding I, how to how, how to edit and how to accomplish your have different techniques that so might be interesting from just different people I've been writing poetry since I was 75 years old ah total of five years and it just flows when it wants, and and I gotta tell you, Chris, I love that hat. That is just beautiful. It uh, r- reminds me of my trips to Cuba mm-hmm. and Che. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a Che hat. I lived in Santiago de Chile. Ah, see, si. during the wow. leadership. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be an interesting story. Have we written any <laughs> stories about that? Yes, quite a few. Because we're still welcoming more stories for the spin section. I don't know whether you all have visited the Powered by Age website now. We have uh-huh. almost all of our episodes and we have these recordings of sessions. And it's open for still recording more stories, poems, or interviews that you have done. Mm-hmm. Um so well, let me know. I certainly have I, I certainly have a lot of stories written. Um, what I have to what I'm where I'm at right now is trying to put it all together in some form of memoir. You know, I have a problem with authority. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm working with a woman in L.A. who's doing her memoir, and I have her working on kind of episodes because sometimes mm-hmm. it's very daunting trying to That's do the whole yeah. memoir. But as episodes, yep. then you it, it doesn't have to be like linear. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm 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 right. I'm doing episodes because the only way I can mm-hmm. do it. That's the best way to go, because then you then then you just oh you do oh okay that's one, and then the next week okay put out another one, and then all of a sudden after a couple months oh gee I've got a bulk of stuff here right. Yeah. And they don't have to be sequential because, you know, now the new style in these TV shows and movies, it's like seven days before, 28 days later, they jump back and this is us has won, you know, several Emmys and they jump, they they jump ahead, they jump back, they jump to the left, to the right. So it really has opened people up to receiving things that aren't in uh, traditional linear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it has been wonderful spending time with you all again. Yeah. I, I always want to sing the song, the more we get together, the happier we will be, but I won't sing. <laughs> <laughs> but Thank I you all. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Yeah.